Chapter 76 You are now listening to The Chapter of the Architect with DJ Architect. Yo, what's going on, my people? Once again, this is your homeboy, DJ Architect. Chapter 76, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. I hope your families are doing good. On the phone, I got a, a real, real good friend of mine. He's been on the podcast before as a guest co-host, him and his wife. He's also uh, been on as a guest. A good, good friend of mine, him and I, uh, we did some time in the Marine Corps together. This is a good friend of mine. James Harris is in the place to be, a.k.a. Big Burgers in the place to be. Burgers, how you doing, my brother? What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing okay. We, uh, My wife and I, we went out Saturday for the first time to, to go eat at a restaurant. And it was nice to get out of the house just to get out to eat and... You know, just to to relax and have a a nice lunch out and about. I saw a couple of things. I, I you know I was kind of kind of worried about a lot of people yeah. walking those streets with no mask on. It was more people not wearing masks than there were people wearing masks. And man, I was looking at that and I was like, man, well, I, I you know, even if they do or did get the vaccination, I, I would still wear a mask. I don't care, you know? Yeah, of course. That was kind of, uh, I saw that and I was like, man, this is going, if if some of these individuals didn't receive the vaccination and they're going about their business in that way, not wearing a mask, it, it, it's just going to hit us with a another wave here in California, you know? Yeah, of course, because of the population, yeah. Do but, you, you know, I, no, nah, because there's been times when I've seen people out there with no mask on when we're in the open area, but, and I'm, you know, looking at my wife like, why ain't they got a, a mask on? Right. And then when they go to get, go on the door, they'll put their mask on. So some people be having them, like, in their pockets, and then they'll just throw them on, mm-hmm. you know, right, right before they enter an establishment. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, for sure. Wouldn't. I know if I'm going to go food shopping, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to wear the mask in the vehicle by myself. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, as I'm walking towards the, the store, I go ahead and I put my, my mask on. But nonetheless, brother, yes, obviously, sir. we met, I believe it was 2000 or 2001, correct? It was 2001. 2001. Yeah. Explain to the people how we met, brother. Well, we met. You were new to the unit. Um, I was obviously already present in the unit. And, you know, you came in and we all had our camis on. And you show up in civilian clothes with your collar popped. And I'm looking at (laughs) you like... Who does God think he is? You know, he out of uniform. You know, that's what I actually thought. But uh, I remember this you, was actually you were just checked in. I was just checking in that day. And I think you guys were in uh, field day formation outside the barracks, right? Yes. Yeah, guys, yeah. For, for, for the people that are listening, field day is not what you think of what when you were in school. Oh, we're going to have field day and you would spend the whole day doing all types of relay races and nah, that's not the field day we're talking about. (laughs) Field day in the Marine Corps is the day where you have to clean your barracks. You got to clean what we call the head, the bathroom. You got to clean everything. And the very next day, you have staff NCOs come around and they inspect your room. This happens every Monday, correct? Yeah, it was Mondays, yeah. Right. So, But I had different units that did it on a different day. A different day, like on right. It necessarily right. didn't have to be on a specific day. But for this unit, it was on Monday. So when Burgers is talking about, I, I reported to this unit. I was in Okinawa, Japan for th- 
two years, and then I came to California, they were in formation. <laughs> I was not in formation. I was just, you know, like I said, checking in, and I was in civilian attire. Everybody else was in camis. And apparently, <laughs> Burgers, uh, he was looking at me, and he was uh, <laughs> saying to himself, who the hell is this guy I think he is, apparently, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was hot. I was, I'll be honest. I was hot to you. I mean, you was fresh, though. That was the thing. And I was like, this cat got to be an East Coast dude. I'm like, I'm looking at you through the corner of my eye like, this cat think he's slick, man. Collar popped. I'm like. Yeah, I remember I had a, I had a, a leather jacket with the collar popped because it was around October time. And it was starting to get right, a little, a little chilly. Nippy, a little yeah. chilly. And um, I remember shortly thereafter. They put me in the room with another corporal. Remember Sanchez? Sanchez? Sanchezel. So they put me in the room with another corporal, ladies and gentlemen. And Burgers, Lance Corporal Burgers, comes knocking on the door (laughs) and he asks me, he goes, Hey, hey, Corporal, is um is Corporal Sanchez here? And I said, Nah, he's not here right now. And this dude stuck his fat ass head inside the room. And I'm looking at him like, what the, what the? I was getting ready to slam that door on your neck, my man. I was looking at you like you was crazy. Like, yo, dude, you ain't believe me. I just told your ass. But something about that, you doing that, I was like, this motherfucker got some balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, we end up going to, uh, I end up going, you know, to the company and, you know, yeah, man, there were people that, you know, were throwing shade on you, but you and I, we pretty much hit it off right off the bat, man. The, the fact that you could make me laugh and, uh, shit, we, we just hit it off right off top. Right. I mean, it was, it was, you know, that the way it worked out was the way it was supposed to work out. The Lord wanted us in each other's life. So, like, like, hold on, man. Like, um, you know, I remember when I asked you for a favor and only knew you for two weeks because I had got that girl pregnant. <laughs> so. And I was like, yeah. can you help me out, man? Mm. I got it. Yeah. I, and listen, by the way, I, I like the way you came up to me and you asked me. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen, this is how Burgers is, because he's slick. He says to me, Copa Lopez, can you help me out? Can you lend me some money? I only know, I only know this guy for about two weeks. He says, can you lend me some money? And it's not $50, ladies and gentlemen, it's, you know, north of. But I said to myself, well, he's in my unit. He's not going anywhere. I'm his corporal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that money back, whether it's in cash or sweat. I'm going to thrash him if I don't see that money. But nonetheless, he ended up paying me back. But ladies and gentlemen, this is how he goes about it. He says, Corporal Lopez, you owe my corporal, right? Ain't you you supposed to take care of your Marines? And I was like, look at this slick motherfucker. To be honest with you, I really didn't give a damn because, yeah, you're supposed to take care of your Marines. But (laughs) you know what I mean? If I I don't want to give you or lend you the money, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? But I'm thinking to myself, oh, this guy, he think... He a little trickery ass <laughs> motherfucker. I gotta watch out for this motherfucker. I, that, and and that moment, I was like, okay, this guy's slick. He's street savvy, is, is what I said to myself. But yeah, brother, we got along very well. We was, you know, smoking and joking, as they say. And we would be, uh, we would be, you know, just specifically you. You would be dissing other Marines, and we would be in formation, cracking up, cracking up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell them. Well, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh-huh. Well, before you start that, back to um, when you lended me the money at that time, I gave you an offer you couldn't re- uh, refuse, brother. Because <laughs> like, I, I seen that look in your face like, man, I ain't helping this dude. You know what I mean? I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm going to make him right now. <laughs> I was like, you, you, you my corporal. You're supposed to take care of me. <laughs> yeah, dude. But you know what? That's not what made me lend, lend you the money. Cause I could care less. I listen. You're right. We are supposed to take care of our Marines, but I give two shits. You hear what I'm saying? 
But the thing about it is, I you know, I, I did the logic. I said, wait, where, where's he gonna go? You know right. what I mean? He's my he's my uh, Lance Corporal. I got all his information. I know where to find. He ain't going nowhere. And at the end of the day, you was gonna pay. You was gonna pay, yeah. regardless. But nonetheless, you ended up paying me the money back. And that's when I knew you was a stand up guy. I was like, okay, I could trust this individual. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. But let's let's rewind a bit, man. You're okay. you're originally from Youngstown, Ohio. Correct. Right. Uh, Richard Pryor's from Youngstown, isn't he? I think he is. Right. The mob used to be uh, in Ohio back in those days. Yes, heavily. Yeah. What? At what age? And what made you join the Marine Corps? Um, I think I started my process at like 22. And then I got in when I was 23 years old. I was 23 I didn't as well. Seen, right. I seen that things were getting to the point where I only had a couple options. So it's either you're going to die or go to jail or do something to try to, you know, feed your family. Because at the time, I, I was 20 years old when I had my baby girl. And uh, I had to support my baby, you know. But the, now the downfall of that was I was dumb because the woman I had the baby with, she already had four kids. Dang. So... I was, but I was a baby, man, because I met her when I was 18. How, how so old was she? She was 23. Yeah, she was uh, She was schooling you, brainwashing you hard, huh? Yeah, and the other word you would use, I want to keep it nice for the, you know, the kids and the listeners. You know, that little thing that's down there that the women have, yeah. Yeah, she, she had you mesmerized. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, with four kids, you know, she probably had a little bit of experience. And you being, you know, that young, do you, you, you know, you thinking, oh, this is magically delicious. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, but I'm surprised I didn't even fall in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so at the time, how old are you when you get together with her, your first wife? Uh, I was 18. A baby, brother. 18 years old. Oh, my goodness. 18 years old, yeah. And at 18 no, years no, old. No, no, hold on, hold on. Let me, no, hold up. I didn't get married till I was maybe like 22. It was right before I got in the Marine Corps. The 22 so I met her when I was eight. 18. Okay. So at 22. I met her when I was eight. So at 22, you was, get married, and now you have the responsibility of taking care of. She had four kids already with with yours that would have been number five yes sir and the sad thing about it is this this is, a, is an extension to the conversation all of a sudden her first daughter that i didn't even know about her sister was taken care of and i came home from work one day and she was like i got something to tell you i'm like what the she was like i have another baby i'm like what oh wow so but I was trying to be a good man and go to the Marine Corps, get out the city, get out of the danger, all the gun shooting and all the violence and stuff. And yeah, but she's already but she's already playing dirty with you because she's not being honest with you. All of a sudden you come home from work and she's like, "Hey, I got a story to tell. <laughs> it's a, I got secrets to let out the closet. And then she drops this bomb on you. I mean, obviously. I mean, of course, you being a man, you're not going to sit there and be like, yo, this is a done deal. But you had to look at her in a different way, right? Well, of course. I'm like, why didn't you tell me from the beginning? But the right. thing was, is I didn't care because, okay, one more kid ain't going to really make that big of a difference, you know? Hmm. That's, just another, that's just another crumb snatcher. <laughs> so, so, like, come on. How long, where were you working at at the time? Uh, what was the name of that spot? I forget. I was working at this uh, steel mill type joint. Mm -hmm. And we used to, um, like, because, see, people might not know this. When you, like, they call it a heat treat. And what that is is, like, they'll get metal and then they put it through this, um, like, oven. Mm -hmm. This, like, a thousand... 
let's say a thousand degrees to keep the for, so it doesn't the um the steel doesn't warp. So I worked in the joint like that. Yeah, I mean I was making decent money, man. But damn, how long were you doing that job, and then supporting your your wife and the children? Before you you joined the Marine Corps, how long were you working at that steel mill with the situation with your first wife? Well, I did that for a couple of years, and then I can I got out of there, and I started working at uh, Walmart Tire Loop Express. Hmm. And then I was doing some other things on the side. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I was doing some other things, so I would work and do the other things on the side and, you know, mm. just bake the cakes, bro. Mm. Okay. So you said you had the military always in the back of your mind, right? Mm-mm. No, I didn't. It was almost like a last-minute thing. And I, you know, I started going to recruiters because my, actually my ex-wife was the one that pressed me. Ah, to do it. Ah, so she was on that. I didn't even press myself. She was the one that put the seed in that brain sack of yours. She was trying to just make sure she was taken care of because she knew everything that I didn't know before the damn recruiter told me. Oh, well, you'll get this much money. She already knew. She was already doing her research. Damn. But that didn't work good for her, did it? <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that here shortly, man. So... You joined the Marine Corps. Uh, uh-huh. How long? So, when you go to the recruiter, I mean, obviously you signed a contract. When did you go to boot camp? August twenty ninth for two thousand. This is how long after you signed the contract. Right. Well, you signed that first, that initial contract, remember, and then you signed the real one when you get the maps. Yeah. When you when you swear in. Yeah. When you swear in, right. What I'm asking you is when you signed a contract with the recruiter, how long was it until you found yourself at Paris Island? Oh, it was, he did me quick. He did me dirty, actually, but maybe two, three months. Because I was supposed to go like six months out. And because the job that I tried to pick, they they couldn't give it to me. Mm -hmm. And the recruiter just lied to me. Right. He's like, you'll get, you'll get, you could retake your ASVAB and. I was like, man, I, I signed up to be an electrician, to be an electrician, yeah. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, guys. And, and as and, you know, I'm a damn mechanic. And then, guys, this is, let me tell you something. For all you young guys that are listening that are thinking about joining the military, <clears throat> that the recruiter will tell you anything to make his quota. He's got to make three quotas a month. I don't know if that's changed or not, but that means he has to... He has to have three individuals sign contracts to go into the Marine Corps, three individuals a month. Now, you may not think that that's very, you know, that's, oh, that's easy. No, Sometimes it's not. it's not. It is not. Try to talk an 18 or 19-year-old ch- uh, kid into joining the military. They're like, they're not having it. I, you know, I, it's difficult. And sometimes they find themselves in a situation where they might bend the truth or just straight up lie to you just to get that number. Oh, I need this guy. This is my number three for the month. And these guys, you know, if they don't make their quota for the month, you know, it comes back on them in a negative form. You know, your fitness reports, right. all that, it, it impacts them in a negative way. So it, it behooves them to make their quota. What were your first impressions of rolling into Paris Island and going through boot camp? What was your first impression? Hey, can I rewind it a little bit? Sure. And tell you what happened. So up there at the mall, up there outside of my city, it was like every branch of service. I went into the Army office, Navy office, Air Force office, and then the final stop is exactly where you know it was. Because all the other branches were saying, you too much, you way too much. Lose some weight and come back. The Marine Corps was like, we got you. Yeah, we going to burn that bacon off you real quick. Hold up. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a true story. Hey, but you know what, though? That's what they're supposed to do if they really want you. And that's what makes, and look, I was overweight as well. Not heavy, you know, but for my height, I was overweight and sure as hell out of shape. And what the Marine Corps did was, you know, they put you in that pooley program, right? Yeah, I never went with yeah. one time. 
I never went either. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm lying to you. I, I might, might have went one, one or two times just to go running with them. This Pooley program is what the Marine Corps does is, okay, you're interested in joining the Marine Corps. Yeah, you got to lose some weight. They have this program with other individuals that want to join the Marine Corps. And what the Marine Corps recruiter does is they get you physically ready for boot camp. Because you have to you have to pass a physical agility test before you could even start boot camp. And they want to make sure that you pass that test, because if you don't, the government wastes money. So it's imperative to them that they get you physically ready. OK, he, he, he meets the bare minimum physical standards. His weight is good. He's not up to to what they would call Marine Corps standards, but in boot camp, he's going to burn it quick. He's going to, he's going to lose pounds quick. And that's what they do. They get you ready. So they instill, uh, and they invest time in you to get you ready. And that's what those other branches of service should have done for you burgers. Does that make sense? Right. That's true, but I don't regret it now. And okay, so back fast forward back to the question you asked me about um, when I got to so South real Carolina. Quick, and P- my apologies, Island. man. My apologies. So rewind. So why the Marine Corps? Because everybody else was like, "Yo, go lose weight and then come back and see." I me. think that I, I, I really think that that was the um, option at that point. But once I figured out, oh, the Marines, the hardest dudes, that's what I would want to be anyway. So that's right. what, you know what I mean? Right. Right. It, I was it, just looking for a way out of the city and a way to take care of the family. You yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So my first. When I got to Paris Island, it was dark. I couldn't see nothing. Mm-hmm. About two or three o'clock in the morning, right? Right. You couldn't see a damn thing except for the yellow footprints. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then you like taking a nap because you've been on the bus for about an hour or two, maybe more, depending on where you're coming from. Right. And the drill instructor jumped on and started screaming from the beginning. <laughs> like, get up. <laughs> get off my bus. <laughs> get off my bus. Put your feet on the yellow footprints. I'm like, man. <laughs> I'm literally like, I ain't going to use the word I wanted to use. I'll be like, brother, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Right. You know, because we as civilians, before you get in the Marine Corps or yeah. any branch of service, you don't know that discipline. So when people say things to you like that, you don't accept it in the yeah. civilian world. Yeah. They need to. Br- That's like me telling you or you telling me. Jay. Get your ass over there. I'm like, who the hell are you talking to, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the next day, I remember they was busting us up with uh, with all the shots. Remember that you walked oh, through a the line peanut. and they like on both sides just punching you the up. Peanut, like, the peanut butter <laughs> shot. <laughs> every shot. You oh, get like man. every shot in the book. Yeah. And then you go ahead, have fun. Oh, you got all this pretty long hair. Peace. <laughs> they just cut all your hair off. I felt bad for those uh, some of the uh, Marines that had long hair and oh, afros, Bro, I, and they was just shaving them off. Man, I'm I, like, oh, I cut my hair right before I left. Man, I was like, I ain't gonna give them the pleasure, bro. You know what I yeah. mean? So you, so what's your first impressions of of boot camp and this whole thing, man? What do you, what are you thinking of yourself? What are you saying to yourself? Oh, when I first got there? Yeah. And and you start like, uh, you know, your first couple of days, like what's going through your mind? What are you saying to yourself? Well, it's a couple of things I say. I miss my family and what the hell did I just do? <laughs> I think- and the last thing is, how do I get out of here? <laughs> I think we all have that moment of of doubt when we we ask ourselves hey did did we did we just make a mistake a huge mistake i could i could right. be back at home get ready to go to the club it's saturday night and i got firewatch it's it's two o'clock yeah. in the morning guys firewatches they would they would do a schedule 
the drill instructor would do a schedule and it would be on either 30 minute or not. Yeah. About 30 minute rotations. Uh, so you would have y'all to get 30 minutes. We, yeah. Cause we had a bunch of motherfuckers. You think oh, about so it. y'all was able to do that. We, yeah. we were doing 30 minute rotations, man. And, uh, cause we yeah, had a we, bunch of people. Our platoon was only like 80. Well, I was like 80. So it would be four on four. Off. Well, four on and then you done for the night. I don't know why they do it that way, man. We was doing 30 minutes, man. And so somebody would come wake you up and for 30 minutes, you know, you put your camis on and you would, you would walk around the squad bay. It's like these open bay squad bays. And the reason why you were, you know, walking around was weapon accountability. You're making sure right. there's no weapons missing. You're making sure right. there's, every recruit is inside there. Excuse <laughs> me, inside the rack, inside the bed. Because, you know, a lot of these yeah. motherfuckers be like, yo, I'm out of here. And they go, what's called UA, unauthorized absence. And they're like, yo, I'm out of here. So if you find somebody not inside their rack or their bed, then you're going to go to the head. You're going to go to the bathroom. Hey, where, hey, where that motherfucker at? You, you got to let you got to wake up the drill sector. <laughs> hey, this guy's UA. You know what I mean? Because, hey. you know, <laughs> but... <clears throat> Yeah, I remember, you know, doing fire watch and thinking to myself, what the hell did I just sign up for, man? I could be getting ready to go, coming back from the club, you know? Um, Yeah, there's always that that moment of, of, oh, shit. But I tell you what, now, looking at it now, you know, you, you don't. You don't think about it when you're going through it because, you know, it, right. it, it, there's it a lot of, it made sense. Yeah, there's a lot of intense training. There's a lot of breaking and rebuilding. There's a lot of suffering, a lot of sweat. But then there's also a lot of pride and, and, a, lot, and a lot of uh, personal reward that you get from it. That, that you know, in my personal opinion, if that I probably would have never gotten, but I did because of the Marine Corps. Because of the military, because of the training, the discipline and, you know, all the different characteristics that they that they show you and they show you a different side of yourself that you didn't know existed. Right. Like you think you can't do this. Right. You know, but you can. It's all mental, mostly. Hey, Mm -hmm. but I got a story since you (laughs) you made me laugh when you were talking about the firewatch. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had like someone you wake them up for fire watch and you go back to sleep and they don't wake up? So there's no one, no one on post. Oh, no, I never had that. I, I, well, 30 I, minutes ain't nothing, but I, I always waited until they was up and, and walking because right. one of your general right. orders, you know what I mean? Do, do not leave your post until probably relieved. I forgot what general order that right. is, but that's one of them. So I would oh. always wait until I saw him walking, then I go, I go to bed. I'm like, all right, this guy's up. Is well, that what happened I, with you? No, I never did that. I uh, mean, somebody else did it, but I paid for it the next morning. <laughs> well, you got all you guys paid. Right? Well, we all paid for it. You know how that works. We all paid for it. <laughs> dude woke dude up like, hey man, you gonna watch? Dude was like, all right, I'm up. Dude went and went to sleep, and dude went back to sleep. So there's nobody on post. And the DI, the drill instructor, came out like, "Where the fuck is the, where is the fire watch?" Hey guys, let me tell you. In the morning, they slayed us. In the morning, they slayed us, man. (laughs) Guys, let me tell you what happens. And burgers, correct me if if I'm mistaken. I believe it's four o'clock in the morning. Where you have to knock, there's guys just like this piece of of wood adjacent to the drill instructor's door, and you gotta smack that piece of wood hard three times, banging hard. You're gonna wake him up. And you gotta say, senior drill instructor or drill instructor, blah, blah, blah. It is zero four in the morning, all is well. Pretty much letting him know, hey, wake your ass up. And at the same time, you're letting the other recruits know, hey, oh, crap, in about 15 minutes, it's going to be lights on. And, uh, you know, when they I'm sure every platoon has a different way of doing it. But for us, they would say, say, like two or three times four, four oh five and all is well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. And around four fifteen, they would say lights, 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 lights would turn on. A drill instructor is impeccable in his 
uniform and his his smoky hat ready to thrash motherfuckers. Everybody, let's go. Get up. We got to go to child. Boom, boom, boom. The smart recruits would already put their camis on while laying in bed. You know what I mean? You you know what I mean? You, you move around and this and that. Brother, I was kind of slow. I would be laying in bed like, right, I got another 15 minutes. Fuck that. And I would hear like, you know, you know, recruits squirming and, and movement. And they were getting their camis ready, man. And it was probably around the second or third time where I finally got, got it. And it synced in. And I said, all right. The first time I hear that recruit slapping the wall, that's for me to start getting ready too. Why? Because you wanted to be the first platoon to get into chow. Remember that, Burgers? Yes. Yeah, because if you don't eat fast enough, you ain't going to finish your meal. Exactly, guys. So if you were the last platoon to go in and get to chow and you were the last person or the last 10, 15 people in that line, you may, if you were lucky, you may have two minutes to, not even, 30 seconds. All right, everybody. Because... You got to think about once it. Once the God is done, once the God is done, you're done. You got to think about it, guys. We're on this evolution where everything is timed by the minute. And you only got a certain amount of time to eat your chow. Where every, because guess what? You may have swim calls at zero nine or whatever. You you might have PT. You might have the rifle range. The obstacle. It, it, the obstacle. They course. not going to sit there and wait for old Mr. Lopez to finish his breakfast and make everybody late. That the make the platoon ain't no. You get one <clears throat> bite of cereal or one bite of egg, and the uh, the the drone instructor says, "All right, everybody up." That's it, and and don't let him catch you taking another bite of food. Yeah, it's a done deal. You getting thrashed. Yes, because you can't walk and eat. Yeah, tell him that you can't walk and eat. Nope, you can't drink and yeah. you can't drink and walk. So I mean, you there can't was, chew gum and yeah. walk. I mean, so there was times where where if you was the last platoon and the last person online, <laughs> you sit down. <laughs> it never happened to me, thank God. But I mean, you could sit down and the motherfucker drill instructor is saying, "All right, everybody, get up." And I felt bad for the motherfucker that didn't even get a a, a, a he ain't even get a bite. He just sat down. And then the the drill instructor play. Well, maybe next time you move a little quicker. Ten forty six. That was our our platoon. Uh, platoon oh, your company. No, y'all. Oh, y'all platoon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you was first battalion. Then, yeah. First battalion. Where were you thumping third? Yeah, Mike. Mike Company, baby. Okay. Yeah, I was Delta Company. Mm. So your first duty station. What's your first duty station? It was Delmar. Where we met. Oh, Delmar. Hey, so at this time, were you still with your first wife? What happened with that? What eventually happened with that? No, I was single. I was single. <clears throat> so did you <laughs> So did you end up leaving your first wife uh, while you were in boot camp, or how did that work out? No, I left her after uh, my second deployment. After I tore my Achilles, and she was never there for me. So. No, no, no. You No, you, we're talking about your first marriage. Oh, shortly after, shortly after. After you got out of, out of boot camp? Uh, maybe about a year later. Okay. All right. Well, hey, the good thing is that she served her purpose and she gave you the idea of joining the military. So you see how things work, man? Sometimes you just meet people because you, you know, you just destined to meet them and they're supposed to somehow, uh, you know, send you on your destiny. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, okay, so now fast forward, how long were you at that first unit before you, before I ended up coming to the same unit? How long were you there? Man, it had to be like maybe six to eight months, if that. Okay. So fast forward, I get there, me and you, I, I get to the unit. One of the main issues that I remember that I, that I had with you that the platoon had with you and our section had with you. And I remember it particularly, uh, Corporal Taunch. Um, right, Taunch. Taunch, yeah. yeah. You had, you were UA for, for PT, for physical training. We had a run, I believe it was Monday morning, and uh, you were not there. <laughs> Go ahead and tell that story. I'll let you tell it. Well, I partied all night the night before, and I didn't wake up on time, so I decided just to earn my camera. So at least I'd be clean to come to work, you know? And 
Corporal Tonche and Corporal Lopez showed up at my door like, where were you? And I was like, I've been here. You miss PT. I'm like, well, at least I'm earning my cami. <laughs> you see? <laughs> and that's why I was like, oh, they, they, that's the street thugging this guy trying to get away with. He got to pay. But in his mind, he thinking, <clears throat> oh, well, if I'm going to get in trouble, at least let me look like the innocent good Marine. I'm ironing my camis. I was like, yo, man, that ain't going to save that ass. You have to pay the price. But anyways, I don't even think we ended up doing anything for your ass or anything to your ass. I think it might have been just like a verbal counseling. No, y'all or something. didn't. It was a verbal counseling, right? It was like, maybe it happens again, dog. We're gonna have yeah, to and I think y'all made me clean the, clean the head or the bathroom. Yeah, something's so that's stupid. Trying. That's stupid, dog. Either way, you randomly got picked anyways. We just say, you're going to do it today. You're going to clean the, the bathroom, whatever. I miss the barracks life, and I'm sure you as well do. We had a lot of good oh, boy. people in those barracks. Man, just to name a few, uh, Corporal Nunez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Castiano, the pig in the human's blanket, and the, <laughs> the pig in the human's body. <laughs> Turner, Turner was in there. Cotto was in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, our homeboy, baby, too. Ba oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, burgers. I don't know if you gave him that moniker or that nickname, or I gave him the nickname. But guys, we we there it was don't a, matter. He yeah. had baby teeth. Man. Listen, there was this corporal. His name was Corporal Segovia. Cool cat from Texas, Mexican cat, real cool. He was short, but the motherfucker he had he was slender, but the dude the dude um was fast strong. and fucking strong. Yeah, man, had the agility. I remember we were playing uh, we would play football at the beach, and this dude well, he would make some amazing um catches. And he would break motherfuckers' legs and ankles, like, doing cuts. And I was like, damn, that motherfucker, she, he, 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 you could just tell the dude was physically talented. But the dude had baby teeth, man. He had baby, he had small, <laughs> like, his front teeth. It was like somebody grabbed a saw and said, we're going to cut these in half on me. He had baby, so we called him baby tooth, you know. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead. Let's tell some stories about uh, baby tooth. Oh. I'll tell I'll tell the first story, right? So go ahead how it started, you mean? <laughs> um I'm gonna tell the first one, yeah. I'm gonna, and then you go on to the second and and whatever. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm pretty new to the unit and um it's a Friday evening and obviously we're we're drinking. And then somebody decides, hey, why don't we go down to TJ, Tijuana, which is about yeah, about a good hour drive south, you know, across the border into Mexico. And um, all right, we're like two or three cars deep. And uh, on the way down there, at the time, I had just met someone. And I'm on, you know, to get down to Tijuana, I'm like... We're passing where this female lives. So I'm calling her up, calling her up like, yo, you want to roll through? Come with us. And then she's like, no, why don't you come here? Like she had her own apartment, you know, and I'm like, I just went into we had stopped somewhere. We stopped for gas and adjacent to it was like a Mexican spot. And I just ordered uh, a burrito <laughs> or I think anyways, it was a burrito and we were obviously drinking, and, and he had this big, nice truck. And we're in the back seat, and I forgot the burrito. Like So they went, and they dropped me off at old girl's house. And I left the burrito in the back seat. And, um, the floor, man. On the floor, yeah. But but it was, guys, listen. Everyone who's listening, don't be like, damn, that's grimy. No, it was still wrapped up in the wrapper. It wasn't like I was. I started eating, and I just said, <laughs> I just, you know, planted it on on his car floor no it was still wrapped up i just forgot it like i had taken it out of the bag and then i was like yo you know oh make a left over here so i got distracted and i put the burrito down and apparently 
I guess when these guys, they continued forward towards Tijuana, obviously they got ripped. You got drunk Marines. They're not paying attention. And they're walking on this burrito. Obviously, the rapper had unwrapped. And they were just stepping on the burrito and leaving <laughs> carne asada, <laughs> salsa, guacamole everywhere all over the carpet of my man's truck. Come Monday morning, we're inside the locker room uh, changing over, and I hear, I hear Segovia, Corporal Baby Tooth, screaming at burgers. Yo, that's fucked up. I, I spent two hours cleaning and shampooing my carpet because the dude took care of his car. It was a beautiful truck. And he was chewing burgers out that burgers had left the burrito in the back and everybody had stomped the shit out of it like it was a rat <laughs> or a roach <laughs> what did he Segovia what did he say to you man he was highly pissed off at you burgers he said don't talk to me no more and I'm like what the hell are you talking about I'm like what you talking about man I said I didn't even order no burrito and you know that he said it was you it was you I guess just because I'm a black guy, I got to be guilty. I'm like, man, it wasn't me. I knew who it was, but I was like, it wasn't me. Mm. But see, when you rewind it back, Lowe's, the wings in the front seat was before all of this. You know that, right? The what? The wings with the ranch. That was before the burrito. You're talking about the wings in the ranch. That you did that to me, man. What the hell are you talking about? You did that in my car. I didn't do. You did I that. I didn't do it on purpose. That didn't. Ha <laughs> that didn't happen. That happened afterwards. Do I didn't even have my call yet? That was the payback. So let's go into story number two with Segovia. I don't know who I was riding with, man. It was a Sunday. I think I might have been with you, Burgers. And uh, we go to um, once again. <laughs> we go to a, a Mexican spot and I get a, I get a burger with avocado. And then oh, man. we uh Segovia was rooming with um Castiano, remember? Yeah, Castiano. Yeah. So I go over there and uh we I knock on the door, Segovia's door, Castiano opens up, and we got a couple beers. And uh, Castellano's like, hey, come on in, man. Chill. Yo, here, take some beers. And I sit on I sit on Baby Tooth's uh, rack, and I start eating this burger. And I'm I'm twisted. I'm, f you know, fucked up. And I'm eating this burger, and there's lettuce. There's avocado, like, falling off the burger. And I'm not even paying attention. I'm over there talking and this and that. And then I get up to go, man. <laughs> get up to go. <laughs> yeah, the sad thing about it was you was the one that created that mess on his bed, his rack, and I get blamed for it. I was like, dude, I don't even eat avocado, man. I don't even think I talked to Baby Tooth since, to be honest. Oh, oh shit. You did no. me dirty, man. I'm like, this cat gonna mess up this cat's bed and... Yo, first of all, I didn't do it Man. on purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not do it on purpose. It's just sometimes when you inebriated and you're under the influence, there's a couple yeah, of things you true. just, you know what I mean? You a slob. And apparently there was avocado lettuce left all over his bed. And uh, he was heated. And he, once again, he blamed it on burgers. I never said, yo, it was burgers. He just, because <laughs> uh, Cass was like, you know what? And Cass... Cass could have easily cleared it up. It's like, yeah, man, it was Los. Los the one that did it. But, uh, you know, so Segovia was like, nah, it was you, Burgers. You did it. You did it. But you got me back. You got me back. And you got me back real good, my man. You got me back real good because the wings and the ranch sauce happened afterwards. It was on a Sunday. It was me, you, and Montano. <coughs> And we had went down to we Pacific went down Beach. To Lahima. We went down to Pacific yeah. Beach, and I had a camcorder, and I was recording the whole, you know, the whole Sunday afternoons festivities. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, damn, we had a good time that day too, man. Yeah, man. But I didn't intentionally mean to do that, man. It just happened hey, that so way. So once again, we getting ripped. 
don't condone a, a drinking and driving. Absolutely not. But you and my tunnel got ripped. I'm driving my car. I just got the car. I just got the rims. And um, it was that Honda Accord, man, that champagne-colored Honda Accord. The champagne that? one, yeah. I put the music in it, yeah. Yeah, you put the speakers in the amp in, man. That thing sounded sweet, too. Um, so, guys, we're, we, we're at the beach. We're having a good, we're, like, drinking, you know, pictures, pictures <coughs> of, of beer. Uh, I've, I'm obviously not drinking as much. Uh, you know, because I got to drive, so I'm, I'm, you know, drinking water and, and, you know, but these two are getting ripped. And on the way, as we're leaving, one of them says they stopped by Seven uh, Eleven or something. There were there was some kind of spot. And burgers, you ended up getting buffalo wings with the ranch sauce. You was on the passenger seat. Montano was in the back. We're driving back. Right, to I got them from. I know I got them from Lahima. You got them from Lahima. Yes, yeah, to take them to go. Yeah. Hey man, shout out to the Lahima if they still open out there in PB Pacific Beach. Hey Brookers, we got yo. When you come back, man, we got to take a ride out there just for old time memories. You know what I mean? Just to yeah, see, no doubt. Just I, to I, see, I will do. Just to see if that place is still open, man. We we had a good time that day. So guys, the very next day, Obviously, we, we get to Camp Pendleton. That was a Sunday. The very next day, we got PT. It's Monday PT. <clears throat> Don't tell me why. There's something about Marine. It might be other branches, too, but Marines love to get drunk Friday, Saturday. Don't give a damn if it's Sunday, knowing that Monday morning you got to wake up and be outside 4.30 a.m. And, you know, you're probably going on a three, four-mile run. And when you are hungover and smelling like whiskey or tequila or beer, I mean, they could smell it on you, man. They're like, damn, man. Like half of the platoon is is stanky of, of alcohol. And then you got to go on this three, four mile run. Nonetheless, before that, we get into my car and I open up the door. Burgess is going into the passenger side. And then as soon as I open up the door, this smell hits me like the wings, the ranch sauce, the hot sauce. This dude was just grabbing chicken wings, eating them and was like tossing bones. And apparently the whole platter had like dumped. And it had the top on, but the top wasn't properly secured. So a lot of the ranch sauce, a lot of the, the, the hot sauce, it just dipped all over my carpet. And I just got this call, like, I don't know, maybe three months. And this motherfucker starts laughing. He starts giggling like a little schoolgirl. And I was like, motherfucker, I should make you lick that shit off the carpet, mother. And I'm cursing him out. He's over there laughing. Yo, my bad. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't, man. Yeah, nah, man. Well, either way, I mean, hey, you got me back. You got me back for me doing, you know what I mean? That, that bullshit to Segovia. And you know what? I knew that shit wasn't intentional. Because, I, you know, when I was drunk, I was fucking... Dropping yeah, off. It wasn't intentional. Yeah, it wasn't it intentional. Wasn't, it wasn't so I, you intentional. know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I was like, yo, man, that's it, man. That's the last time your ass is eating in my car. Fuck that. You know? Hey, yeah, but but Castaneda, he could have fixed it. Like you said, like, nah, that was low. Yeah. So, so but, 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 you know, but, 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 but let's be honest. Cass was always drunk. Cass was. Oh, man. Okay, let's not even go there with him, man, because the, the uh, audience would be like, what? Well, who give a damn, man? But Cass was on. Cass was on a good one, bro. Man, uh, who was yeah, it? Remember baby, remember, baby Tooth would tell tell us like, yeah, man, this fucking guy Cass, he's crazy, man. Why? What's up, yo, man? I would I came through to the barracks and I had a girl with me, and um, yeah, you know the girls like, hey, can I use your bathroom and? You know, Segovia, Baby Tooth was like, yeah, go ahead. And she goes, <laughs> she goes to open up the bathroom door. This dude, number one, cast is ripped. He leaves the bathroom unlocked. And then the girl's like, oh. And then Cass is like, what you what you doing here? And then the girl's like, yo, this guy, he was like passed out on the toilet. 
with a like yeah, with his with, with a, his meat in his hand, with with, a, with his meat in his hand and a hustler magazine on his lap, and he he just passed out. <laughs> Apparently, he was he was he was beating meat, and and he was so drunk he passed out. So Cass was a character, bro. He was he was he was, he was a cool man. cat, man. He was man, but the dude was was he highly, looked like SpongeBob, man. He looked dude, like SpongeBob. The shit that we did. <laughs> going up to LA <laughs> doing crazy. Oh, that shit. was a classic. Oh, come on, man. We can't even tell those stories, bro. Uh, unfortunately, some of these stories can't see the light. Um Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, they probably already don't think that everything is extreme already. If they heard the deep <laughs> ones, they'd be like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Like I, I'm about to unsubscribe myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, is you know being being a a single marine in California is a nightmare. It's a nightmare, but it but it's fun times, man. It's it's fun mm-hmm. times. It's a lot of especially you 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 with you with good people. You you with good marines. You know we all we always take care of each other, and um. I just had a great time. I had a great time both <clears throat> in Okinawa uh, and in California. Yeah. I had great times. Libo, which we call Liberty, is your time off. I just had great times in in, in California, man. I really, really did, and and Japan as well. But it, it was a different type of, it was a different type of fun. But nonetheless, man, I. Yeah. Oh man, so that many, makes sense. So many good times. Because out in man. California, every day of the week, you can find somewhere to go. Right, right. Because I only had a couple missions mm-hmm. on my on my plate. It was only a couple missions, and I'm not gonna say the missions were that way. Um, every time, right? But if if I was on, like, so. I know I'm going to have a few drinks and, you know, have some fun. I'm going to wiggle with somebody, but somebody got to pay. That's what was on my mindset. Hey, man. And, and back in the days, Oceanside. Was um, popping. Was popping, man. You had, what, you had Margarita Rocks. You rookies. Had, rookies was popping. Tropics was popping. Uh, then, you go down to, then you go down to San Diego, man. You had uh, Fourth and B. PB, you had... Uh, the, the spots at, at uh, uh what was it PB Bar and Grill, yeah. We went there a couple times and 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 yeah, man, had great times, bro. Great times. Remember the time? It was for the uh, it was around the Super Bowl was coming to San Diego. Oh, when Pete got the uh, limo, the limo. Hey, tell him about that story, man. <laughs> so we all went down there. How we was like what sixty. Yeah, about that. It was me. I know it was me, UP. And it was, we was like six deep. Anyway, audience, this was the craziest shit I ever seen in my life. We like, where did P go? Because as Marines, we have to keep accountability of each other. You know, when you're in that environment, because there's a lot of people. Next thing you know, it was the Super Bowl down in San Diego that year. I forget what year that was. And we see our homeboy riding. He hanging out the sunroof <laughs> like, yo, meet me at the light. We like, what the hell? So everybody just took off running and get to the damn limo. You jump in the limo. And we're like, we yo, like how, how the hell you pull this off? He was like he had some off time because he was waiting for uh, <laughs> a party or something. Yeah, he was waiting for a party. They was already partying. He knew they wasn't gonna be out of there, so yeah. he picked us up. So we made some extra dough, and then we picked up the chicks. We was like, man, it's party time, yo. And I remember we tell we tell the the limo driver, hey, stop by. We got to get more beer and liquor. And then yo, I remember your ass was so ripped. Oh my God! I think you was wearing. Uh, you might have been wearing Timberlands or some shit. I was then, wearing the Timbos and the laces got caught together, and it, I fell out like. Yo, Burgers is getting out the limo, and he and we got chicks in the limo, and then Burgers bust his ass, and we all start rolling. And the girls like, "Yo, is he drunk? This and that." And it's like, "Man, chill." 
He just tripped, man. We had so much fun that day, too. That was fun, man. Oh, man. So then, um, shout out to, uh, to Peter, man. Pistol Pete, Peter Guns. Pistol Pete, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, uh, I mean, obviously not the, not the individual from New York. Um, he's a good friend of ours out here in, in Cali. And he owns his own studio, and I'm gonna get him on the podcast here shortly, man. We also got moments in the studio, man, going to Escondido, you know. Yeah. A lot of a lot of good times, man. A lot of good times. Hey, brother, you got a a good, funny show called The Ghetto Kitchen. Tell them where they can find it, Burgers. Tell them where they can find The Ghetto Kitchen. If you look up. On YouTube, you look up Carol and not with the A and D, the other symbol you use, and J, basically. J-A-Y, right? Right, J-A-Y, right. It'll come up, and it'll start showing the um, series. We did we did quite a few. I'm going to get back on it, but, you know, I had a lot going on this last year, I guess. I don't know how long it's been, but. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, just man. check it out. I mean, it's, it's legit. Yeah. No, you guys got some good, good, good recipes. And it's funny as hell the way you, how Carol introduces you. What's going on, players? Or what's going on, gangsters? <laughs> and then you just mm-hmm. you pop up like a jack in the box. Pow. It's, I'm telling you, man. What's real? What's real? Uh, what's your other <laughs> saying? It ain't my problem. <laughs> It ain't my problem. <laughs> um, guys, whoever's listening, go take a look at the Ghetto Kitchen. Go check it out for yourselves. They got good, you know, they got some good recipes. Um, and it's funny as hell to me. I'll be honest with you. I'll be rolling, man. But let's press rewind real quick, my brother. You and I, I think the last time that we saw each other was 2003. I remember... Uh, myself and Sergeant Farrell. It was the evening before we were leaving for Iraq and you came knocking on the door and you wanted to take me and Farrell out to go drinking. And I was like, nah, I'm not having it, man. I'll be damned if I'm going to be hung over uh, inside of a plane yeah. for how many fucking hours. And we're like, nah, man, we're, we're not going Yeah, we're not going to go. We're not going to go. But... You ended up doing several tours in in Iraq as well, right? Yes, sir. But we was missing each other, remember? Every time. Yeah, because you would I would come back, you would leave. Um, you would come back, I would leave. Uh so we were all we were always missing each other. Like we never got like it might have been a good maybe shit, six months years. we spent. No, man, it might have <laughs> been like a good two years. Like we didn't re we no, I'm reconnect. talking about before me and you reunited at GSM with with Master Guns Ovi. That was two years. <laughs> that it, it, two was years, it? two years. Yeah, because I left. My first tour was in 2003. We didn't reconnect. We didn't rec- reconnect until 2005. When I got back in 2005, and that was like in February. And I didn't have a lot of time in the Marine Corps because I was getting out in uh, September. I'm lying to you. It was October. I was getting out. So I came back from my second tour of Iraq in February. So I probably had eight months left until I was getting out. And that was like the, our last little stint together. You know what I mean? Um, but during the time. Was, we that, were, was that when I, was, I picked up Sergeant again? Yeah. Well, not again, but I picked up Sergeant. Yeah. I came back from Iraq and you were already a Sergeant. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, my man. And it was cool. I'm going to be honest with you, man, because when I first met you, I was your corporal. And then um, you had picked up corporal. uh, Oh, I picked up sergeant. Then you picked up corporal. And uh, it was was cool to see you as a sergeant. When I came back for my second tour, I was like, my man, you got the third stripe. Congratulations. That was very cool, man, to see you as a sergeant. You know what I mean? And um, how many years did you end up you end up doing in the Marine Corps, brother? Thirteen. 
13, 13 years. years 13 years. What do you miss about the Marine Corps? Camaraderie. Yeah. So do I. I don't man. miss the bullshit. Nah. I just miss the camaraderie. Yeah, so do I, man. A lot of good people, man. A lot of good, a lot of fun times, man. A lot of fun And you know times. what the good thing is? I'm going to put this out there right now. You know what the good thing is about being in the military, I guess? I don't know how the other branches work, but I know how we work. I never seen no racism when we was out there ducking bullets. No. I never saw right. it. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it, man. Whether you were because we always had to work as because we always had to work as a team, brother. Yeah. Whether you were Asian, Caucasian, Hispanic, African American, black, it, right? It, it, you know, whatever, man. Middle Eastern. We all got along. We all had a, a mission to complete, and we we had like I said. Look, guys. And I'm talking to the individuals that are thinking about joining the military. Listen, at the very beginning, it's all an adjustment. It's going to be hard. It has to be hard. That's the only way they break you down, but they rebuild you. And one thing I will say is don't allow them to brainwash you to a, a point where you become a robot. They're teaching you things, right? And just all the good tools that they teach you, put them in your toolbox and utilize them, you know, to help you grow as a person. Don't be a robot. Don't go into a, a situation where you know your chances of survival are not good. Come up with another plan and be like, hey, look, I know I heard what you just told me, but why don't we do a, a skirmish left? Why don't we do a, a pinzer movement, something different? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you want to come home. So... You know, for you young guys or, you know, young ladies that are listening, don't be completely brainwashed by what they tell you. Have a little bit of self-consciousness to uh, think about and analyze things and just don't say or, or do things because someone tells you. Analyze it. If there's a better way to do it, you know say hey there's a better way to do it and then then that that leader may look at you and say okay this guy's a, he's a smart individual i'm gonna keep an eye on him i'm gonna i'm gonna uh cultivate and nurture him you know what i mean uh so he can become a good leader you got anything to add to that big burgers yeah i totally agree because i got lucky in my eyes because i grew up around you and all, like, I haven't had the, my last unit was the worst unit I remember. But prior to that, every unit, you know, everybody was leaders. But, you know, I picked up sergeant in five years, so it wasn't nothing that a lot of people could tell me. Right. You know? And I knew my shit. I knew what I was doing. Right. I was checking, I was checking first sergeants. I was like, hold up, man, you you know, when I had to go over, like you explained, um, the MOS situation, the military occupation. Um, skill. Skill, yeah. You I was it. already on it. Like, man, you ain't going to tell me how to do this. I mean, I've been doing this for, you know, it took me about six months to learn that, learn the job, you know. <clears throat> but after that, it was over. I got a name for that. Right, folks. right. The Navy Achievement Medal. You got any? Um, I'll, I'll, you you got any pieces of advice for a young individual getting ready or thinking about joining the military? You got any advice for them? At this time, I think that um, just if you're trying to get a little kick to get like a degree or something like that, just go to the military. Go to if you're smart enough, go to the Air Force real quick. Y'all really don't see combat unless you're, you're a, or pilot. a pilot, right? Go there, get do your four years, get out, and continue your education. That's all I could say. I agree. Take advantage of that post nine eleven GI Bill. the The military is not going to make you a millionaire, but I'm going to tell you, it really does have great benefits. And when you're a certain age and you're able to leverage those benefits on your behalf, you will not be sorry.
You just have to be mindful of, of what it is that you want to do and then execute. Execute. You got That's anything? The key. You got anything else to add to that, my brother? Well, when you say execute, that's that's the truth, you know. And one thing I always say to myself is proactive, not reactive. Right. Don't wait for the last minute for something to happen. If you see it coming, now you won't see everything that's coming towards you directly. But if you um, can actually see what's going to come down and you got to be come down um pipes you have to be proactive yeah prepare cuz i've seen many people just wait to the last minute when they already knew they was going to have to handle the situation and the situation don't get handled and then they calling around asking everybody for money because they put themselves in that situation right you had a chance right well, brother, hey, look, man, it's been a pleasure having yes, you sir. on. You, my brother, you know I love you to death, man. And um, listen, how's life in Ohio, man? I know you guys left California several years ago. And uh, how you guys doing in Ohio? How you liking that, man? Well, I'm from out here, so it was, it was nothing new to me. I knew how to adjust immediately. Right. And I was surprised that my wife adjusted so quickly. Okay. But I gave her, I gave her, you know, the quick little, I said, look, you need to get some thermos. You get a neck gaiter. So we've been wearing neck gaiters before the COVID started. Mm-hmm. And you wear layers because it gets cold. But she wanted the seasons because you get all the seasons. But, brother, if you ain't got nothing else, man, then, you know, hey, listen, um, I want to thank you for your time. And for all the people that are listening, hey, stay safe. You know, keep wearing your mask, guys. You know, do it for your family. Yeah, wear your mask. Yeah, do it for everybody. Do it for your family. Do it for the people that you love. Do it for strangers, man. I mean, you know, this is how so many people... And they're still dying, you know, just because uh, they're saying that things are curving down. It doesn't mean that you, you, you know, you still can't take your precautions, man. Just be safe. Love one another, man. You know, uh, take care of one another. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Chapter 76. I love you guys. Go ahead, like, subscribe to the podcast. Go check out Burgers and uh, Jay's Ghetto Kitchen. You guys going to get a laugh out of that, and you guys going to check out some good recipes. Nonetheless, this has been Chapter 76, DG Architect. And on behalf of Big Burgers, we are all out. Peace. Thank you. Thank you, DJ Architect, all right. for having me, man. Absolutely, man. You stay safe. And we'll all right, talk thank soon, you. Brother. Peace. DJ Architect.